Pure Vibes Podcast. Vibes, 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 vibes. It's Mike Rotunda. And Garrett McCoy. And we're back with another edition of the Pure Vibes Podcast. And today we're talking about something very important to both of us. Maybe just a life. <laughs> it's kind of important. Yeah, I guess it's important to everyone. Yeah. But let's take a, a big inhale. Exhale. Except for you went through your mouth right there. It's all about the nose, dude. What? Nasal breathing. I'm going to tape your mouth shut. Wow. That won't go good for this, though. <laughs> I can't talk if my mouth is taped shut. I can sleep with my mouth taped shut. That's weird. That's Whatever weird. you're into. I'll, I'll explain it to you. <laughs> so today we're talking about breath and why breath is so important. So there's a couple of different points that we're going to touch on. You tend to go more on the science side, and this is something you've been studying for years now. And even with a deviated septum, you've defied all odds and can breathe well. <laughs> well, def- always getting better, right? But no, I think that's, that's really important to talk about. Like, you know, I've, I dove into breath and I know it's something that's important for us to talk about because of the anxiety and stress kind of stuff, you know? So a lot of people just think meditation is just breath or what it is. And so I want to make sure that we kind of talk about those things and how they're related and how the breath can control the mind and the mind can control the breath and some of the health standpoints. And, you know, if you're not a meditator, guess what? You're a human. You still need to breathe. And there's ways that we can be much more efficient. But where I got into it is like I had the need to like try to get my health back in. Right. Like I had too much stress. I was literally having panic attacks. The point that I gave myself vertigo. And so I started meditating and doing things there. But then I just started knocking out these great books like The Oxygen Advantage, which I would refer anybody to. And then James Nessler has also just come out with a book called Breathe or Breath. And I know Rogan just had him in as a podcast. You're talking about that a lot. So I'm excited. I just finished his book, too. So we can talk about some of those things and some of the practices that I've implemented from those books. Awesome. I think the first thing I would love for you to kind of explain is the difference between breath work and meditation okay breath work and meditation is is it's pretty simple people think that meditation is like the not thinking right like oh i'm gonna turn my brain off like meditation is almost just recharging is one way of looking at it if those thoughts come up it's can you train yourself to be more focused really like can you when you have that thought bubble come up that's a balloon You're going to have thoughts. You're a human. Have that thought, pop it, and move on, right? So, of course, you can work on that breath, and you can tie it in, and yoga goes back centuries and centuries or thousands of years even on all these different breathing practices. And that's what's really cool is you can go down that facet of it. Then there's kind of like a new school facet of breath work, which is really all about not taking a deep breath. That's what everybody tells you. Oh, you're stressed out. Take a deep breath. It's really about how long you can hold your breath. Okay. So even the stuff that like Wim Hof is done and some of these other things, it's really about how you can hold your breath. So the simplest way of looking at that meditation versus breath, I look at meditation as it's charging my brain. Okay. I'm helping getting into a parasympathetic state to help myself recover and to get rid of some of the stress, right? Can I activate that other side of the brain? Breath work How healthy can I be? Can I become more efficient? Because not only is it about how many breaths you take in a minute, it's how much carbon dioxide is in that breath, right? People think carbon dioxide is a bad thing. You actually have an optimal range for your lungs. So if you're breathing through your mouth or you're an overbreather, there's all of these diseases and cancers and all of those things that come from being an overbreather. So most of us are overbreathers and mouth breathers. So to me, there's the two differences. Meditation's a little bit more for that brain recharge. And then really when you look at breath work or like wanting to become a better breather, that's about your health. Mm-hmm. 
So something really interesting that you touched on is kind of like getting into a state of meditation, which requires breath work. Mm -hmm. So kind of differentiating that that element of am I focusing on the breath or am I focusing on calming the mind? Mm -hmm. And for me personally, through the breath work is how I kind of calm down my mind. Mm -hmm. So in yoga, they'll call it calm the monkey mind, stop bouncing from thought to thought. For me, it's more of like the breath helps me to relax my pulse, which then in turn relaxes my body, which then in turn relaxes my thoughts, and then it helps me get into consciousness, Mm -hmm. which is something that I find through breath work that I can help become more and more present and in the moment and stop thinking about the next and Mm -hmm. stop thinking about that task that I have to do. So I'm probably one of those people who confuses the two. Yeah, well, you're, you're actually doing both, right? And then that's the gateway of meditation. They typically tell you to focus on your breath so you focus on one thing, and then that one thing is internal, which is normally part of your autonomic nervous system. And that means that you don't have to think about it, right? But you've heard me talk about people getting domesticated or whatever. When you get into that fight or flight kind of side of things, right, your breathing becomes too fast. Your heart rate is too fast, right? So if you consciously do what you're calling breathwork meditation, which is really a, a combination of the two, really, right? You focus on your breath in order to calm your body. You're switching that switch into your parasympathetic nervous system. If you do that, it then regulates that autonomic nervous system, which controls both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. So it balances those things out. But what you're doing is when you're consciously focusing on the breath alone and slowing it down, or specifically if you get to the point where you start working in holds there, you're shutting down that executive function or frontal cortex and all that kind of stuff. But then that's where the research is saying is that it doesn't turn off. It literally stays just as active, but it's different. Like it's more of like a charging state and then more stuff towards the back of your brain, which leads more towards the creativity and that autonomic stuff that stuff lights up. So that's where, I mean, like to me, meditation is brain and performance and the breath would be health. You know, if you're meditating, you're getting both of those. But what I would tell people if they wanted to easily get it, this is the way I do a lot of my cool downs is four count breath. So let's do it real quick. So inhale in through your nose, hold it there for four seconds. Then exhale out through your nose and hold there for four seconds. Can you feel your abdominals kind of crunch in and activate that diaphragm? And then when you need to, wait for that instinct to inhale again. So I start teaching that four count breath, it's four seconds at each one, then encourage people to slow down the exhale and then increase that hold as long as possible. So back to the point of everybody talks about taking a deep breath, it's really about how long you can hold. Mm. So as a swimmer, you are also doing a lot of breath work without even knowing about it. That's part of why you feel so freaking awesome when you get out of a pool for 30 to 60 minutes, right? Correct. And that's also why a lot of people feel really gassed after a couple of laps is because they don't grasp the concept of how to breathe. So I'll meet marathon runners or triathletes who are like, I hate swimming. I can do a 500 in the pool and I'm beat. That's not the case. If you learned how to properly breathe and combine it with your strokes, you would be fine. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I had to focus in on was learning and you breathe specifically through your mouth the whole time you're swimming. So it's in and out. But what happens is, is when you inhale, a lot of times you're not getting that oxygen all the way to your lungs. You're just kind of holding it in your throat. So it's a very like 
short breath with a spastic movement. So over time, you have to take a moment, you have to break between each set. Like if you're doing a 500, take a moment, breathe. Well, over time, if you condition yourself, you can continue and just go a solid hour in the pool mm -hmm. and you won't need to do that anymore. But as far as breathing in general and exercise, it's contradictory to what you're doing on the floor with barbells and stuff because you're just inhaling and exhaling through your mouth. So it's kind of opposite of what you're saying as well as where you have to use your nasal passageways. You can't inhale through your nose because you're going to get water in your nose. So for you're, an hour... You're wrong! For me... You're wrong! Well, for me, for an hour, I've tried to breathe through my nose. I get water in my nose. Yeah. No, and it's and it's it's like anything else. It's a skill. But what's cool is like how Nestler's book is really cool because he talks a lot about like the history of breath work and where all this stuff came from. And he talks. I think it was like Phelps's first Olympics that one of their coaches is one of these crazy nasal breath guys. Okay. And the average swimmer typically can do three strokes without taking a breath. He had people do all this nasal breath stuff, and they got to the point where they were taking nine strokes without taking a breath and they were doing it even if they had to breathe through their mouth while they were swimming they'd improved their aerobic or respiratory system right yeah their lung so, capacity so their lung capacity is better with less work from literally not breathing or holding their breath outside of that it can improve their performance when they were doing it no so, doubt about that so then what was crazy is that olympics i want to say they won like 15 or something medals and they had all these records They're like oh what did you do like did you like and they'd actually done less he volume breathed. they had done less stuff than they had done previously so i like that you made that point you know even if it is more natural for you to barbell or you're taught a certain breath technique to breathe through that's not saying don't ever do it even if you watch michael jordan before he takes off and do a jump he would take almost like a big inhale and then he would blast off and exhale it. So he would take a big. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to throw off all of this kind of stuff. But what nasal breathing really does is it can restructure your face even, which is crazy. So as you nasal, like, you know, we we're talking about the deviated septum thing. As I've been telling people, which, by the way, I've taken this to a pretty intense level. I've started taping my mouth <laughs> at night. <laughs> Right. What and does your wife say about this? Uh, I mean, at first she thought it was pretty funny. I mean, my, my, my brother-in-law, <laughs> I guess, read some of the same stuff when we were talking about it. And he started using, like, <laughs> athletic tape and, like, oh taping himself up like he looked like a mummy. I'm talking about using surgical tape that costs $1.30 on Amazon. And I rip off about a Charlie Chaplin-sized mustache and I put it just over here on my lips. So what's crazy is I've been kind of working up to this. But everything, like, both of these books are referencing in this tape. I'm like... There's no way I'm going to do it. So I started by doing it a little bit with like my breath work or my meditation, right? And then I tried it out with sleeping. And I mean, that first night I was, <laughs> I was like almost like panicking at first. Like a week later, dude, my nose is like a highway. Once again, I've been diagnosed with a deviated septum. I broke my nose two or three times in football or other just being a boy stuff. And so like my left nostril did not work. Now I'm telling you, it's like a different world. Like I smell things different. It's a week you know, and all I'm doing is doing nothing. <laughs> You're putting tape on your I'm mouth. putting tape on my mouth and it's it's helping my workouts. And I got to the point yesterday I was able to do a bike ride. I did a cycle thing on the Peloton for about 15 minutes. I kept my heart rate between, you know, my fat burning to low cardio zone. And it was funny, uh, my wife like thought I was like being emotional or something. All she could hear is, <laughs> are you okay? What's going on? I'm like, oh, just ride the bike with tape on my mouth, babe. Nothing to 
see here. But once again, it's it's early for me to give a lot of anecdotal stuff. But sure. what's crazy is I've been a little more tired, which is weird because I'm here and I'm going to get more energy. And then because I've got my whoop band, my respiratory rate when I'm sleeping has gone up. So that's my body adapting to a new breathing pattern, right? Specific adaptions to imposed demands. But what I'm expected to see over the next week or two is that respiratory rate, my resting heart rate, my blood pressure, all of those things going back to breathe. So once again, over time, it's almost like bad evolution. Our mouths have gotten smaller, right? Our tongue takes it. That, that's why we have crooked teeth and stuff is what they're talking about in this book. So it's crazy. So anyways, if I can get you to do anything, not that you have to get all weird like me and start getting into that, it's start with that four count breath, right? If you can do that and just learn to control your exhales mm -hmm. and work on those holds, just taking a good exhale is better than how everybody tells you to take a big inhale. <sighs> Or like sign, sign is technically something bad. That's something I noticed that I used to do a lot. They're like, man, you sure take big sighs. I'm like, what are you talking about, right? And that's typically a big mouth breath. Mm -hmm. It also is typically a sign that your brain needs oxygen, right? So your carbon dioxide levels are also typically off when you do that as well too. So anyways, it's breathing, but nobody taught us how to breathe. We're right? just expected to do it. Which is a really important point you just made. We come out of the womb and the first thing you do is you take your first breath. That's the thing that your mom talks about. I remember your first breath. Well, for whatever reason, in my experience, no matter who I've trained, it's the first thing that goes out the window. Yep. Somebody starts exercising and you'll hear me say it repetitively during my workouts. Make sure you breathe, 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 breathe because we're so hyper-focused on what we're doing and thinking about how we're moving and where our shoulders are and where our knees are and what's mm -hmm. our back doing and what mm -hmm. muscle am I targeting, that the breath gets neglected. Mm -hmm. So in exercise, a lot of people don't know how to breathe with exertion. Mm -hmm. So teaching bracing and what that means for people the first time they pick up a dumbbell or a barbell, I think is really, really vital as far as fitness goes and just becoming more aware of the fact that you need to breathe. Because people will hold their breath and the next thing you know, why is Susie passed out? Mm -hmm. Oh, did she hold her breath and then her blood pressure went up and now we need to call an ambulance? We're trying to avoid that, obviously. But more than anything, it just goes back to the conscious mind mm -hmm. and the unconscious decisions that we make while still being mindful of them at the same time. So what am I saying? I'm saying breathe. Yeah. So whenever I work with someone on barbell work, one of the most... One of the first things we will go over is bracing. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean? You hear people say, tighten your core. Okay, how do I tighten my core? If somebody's never done that before, what does that even mean? Well, how do you tighten your core? If I were to walk up and just push you right now, the first thing that's gonna happen is your body's gonna tense up. Mm -hmm. You're gonna inhale really quick and your body's gonna tighten. Well, that's kind of what bracing is. You're inhaling, you're filling up that diaphragm with air, breathe mm -hmm. in through the nose, Fill it up, core tightens. If you put your hands on your sternum or your abdomen, if you're listening to this and driving, don't do it. But if you're at home and doing something, just put your hands right on your sternum, or right below rather, right on your abs. Inhale and feel your diaphragm fill up with air and then push down on that and release that air. So I like to use the balloon analogy. Mm -hmm. Filling up that balloon and then releasing it. Well, when do you release the balloon? 
on the exertion. Why? Because you need that oxygen at that point of exertion so that you can execute the exercise. And it's not easy to grasp, I think, if we're lifting really light weights, but over time, as you increase your load of whatever you're lifting, you realize how vital that breathing is. So if you start at the foundations level of whatever you're doing, that's going to be in play no matter what. Yeah, and that's what's what like, you know, barbell versus kettlebell. Like, have you heard us when we're doing like an actual kettlebell workout? Like, we sound like we're hissing. <laughs> like, it sounds like a bunch of cats and stuff. Like, it's really weird, but like, it's the same thing that you just said. I inhale in when it's a little bit easier. And then when I've got to do that concentric or that force production phase, you know, it's that hiss, which is a forceful exhale. And when you do that forceful exhale, it's easier to put tension back into your body and into the ground, right? So that's where I come from a lot on it, is can I teach them to use it on the exertion? And going back to sports, like, I remember this was something I saw with A-Rod, is A-Rod would look like he was blowing the ballpark, the ball out of the yard. Like, it would come in and he'd go, he literally would exhale and you would see him do it. So that's how powerful breath can be in sports, fitness, and all of those other kind of stuff. But if we talk back about that stress or that mind-body connection or really getting there, how I'm trying to tie it back to health with breath stuff, the other thing that kind of blew my mind in the breath holding was the idea of a bolt score. So have I talked to you about a bolt score yet? A little bit. So a bolt score is essentially how long you can hold your breath. The average human cannot hold their breath for about 20 seconds. And that should be considered as a baseline measurement, right? And once again, I've been working on this stuff. My first round or two, a lot of times I'll be like 23. Mm. Like I will just get over it, which shows you how much that it's a muscle and that can be trained, right? Also, if you look at all these people that are like, you know, deep sea divers and like do some of that crazy free diving stuff, you look at it, there's overweight people there's people of different ages different ethnicities all of this stuff all of this breathing and stuff can be done and can be learned at any age or even if you have asthma if you have these things when i've been talking to people about this tape thing they're like oh i can't do that i have a devious i'm like yeah me too i'm figuring it out and now my nose is getting stronger right so back to the bolt score real quick i do a series of those just like four count breaths mm-hmm. i'll get people so i can tell that kind of like that parasympathetic nervous system so they're like relaxed then I'll have them pinch the nose and cap, right? And a lot of times you can only get to 20, but I'm, I'm making up stats here. They're somewhat ballparked here. But for every five seconds you can gain on that, it's almost like a 10% gain in your lung capacity. So like, think about that for a second though. If I'm telling you I'm only like mid 20s kind of on rep one, if I do that breath work and I get to 30 or 35, Now my lung capacity has increased like 20%. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about being a competitive athlete, if you get a 1% gain, what can that do for you, right? So once again, it's not about how many breaths you can take or take a deep breath. It's can you take fewer breaths, right? It should be a shallow, easy nasal breath. It's not that. (sighs) That's inefficient. It really is. So the point of these breath holds or the weird tape stuff is so that becomes more natural, that those nose muscles become active and that your body can just work more efficiently in its autonomic state. Well, and efficiency is key in all things in life. And let's go back to the swimming 
aspect and the, what I talked about, like a triathlete who's not comfortable swimming, there's an element of panic that happens there and your heart rate's elevated and then you maybe don't know how to properly breathe. Mm -hmm. So over time and conditioning, you can do more strokes like you were talking about the Olympic swimmers and things like that. When I would finish my workouts, I would do lengths of the pool yeah. holding my breath. And it most definitely, and that was at a really young age, it drastically changed my swims. Now, for me, I still struggle, do, I do still struggle breathing in my nose while I'm swimming. Yeah, but course. for someone who's kind of having that panic and your heart rate's elevated, you're gonna pant. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that breathing in through your nose can help just relax well, that that's immediate the, panic. That's the over-breathing thing. And right. that's how like, it, it really is in people's mind. And that's how much that, hormonally like your body is taking over those fight or flight hormones are taking over at that point you know it's the same deal my daughter had nightmares the other day what's the first thing i talked to her about doing breathe so you don't hyperventilate which is our yes. immediate reaction is to breathe sporadically and hectically and freak ourselves out and you so literally make it worse you do make it worse mm -hmm. so somebody who's experiencing a panic attack or an anxiety attack for the first time i remember my first panic attack it was my first day of freshman year of high school and i got to the point where i couldn't breathe i was like i don't know what's happening i had never experienced it before I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I breathed and breathed and breathed until the point where I was working myself up so much, I threw up my first day of freshman year. Aww. And I was just so nervous. I had never mm. felt that before. And so now in my life, when I have those moments, I literally would just sit down and I just have to breathe. Yeah, like even like getting through that gorgeous tattoo you got out of your back, like you got through that with breath probably. It's all about breath. So a lot of people are like, is that your first tattoo? I'm like, yeah, I did it in one sitting. So Which this thing is awesome, by the way. Is it a manta ray? Is that what it is? It's a manta. It's a manta ray. And it's what on your, I call it on your wings. It's right down the top of your neck, kind of like down over your shoulder blades, right? Yeah, Samoan Tatao. So basically what's really cool about like tribal, true tribal tattoos and Polynesian tattoos is they follow the contours of your body and they'll cover a lot of space. So someone, Mike or Michael Fatatoa, he's a really renowned artist that I was super excited to get in with. So he not only made time for me to get in with him, but also he freehanded my back. Wow. So at that point, my back is not his canvas. And I told him, I would love to do this in one sitting, which could have meant 10 hours, could have meant five hours, could have meant whatever. And once we started tattooing, he's like, at first you're gonna feel like you're getting tattooed, or at first it's gonna be a little bit painful, and then you're just getting tattooed. So I just focused in as he started with my breath. And we're talking like seven hours later, we're done. And at no point in that was it Pain lightheaded, was it panic? There were moments of definitely where you're like, you feel the affliction, you're like, whew, okay. But you breathe through it. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it. And that's how you do with pain, right? That's the same thing that I just talked about my eight-year-old having a nightmare. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with somebody having a panic attack. But then if you get into some of these other crazy breathing practices, like Wim Hof has popularized a lot of stuff. And what's cool about his method is he's kind of like the European everyman. Have you seen him? Like, mm -hmm. he's hilarious. He's all scraggy. He's got this weird personality. Um, but his, he said if he had a billboard, his billboard would say, breathe, mother trucker. <laughs> That's his slogan. And he doesn't care if it goes in through your nose, out through your mouth. Just get it in. But it's essentially a series of 30. <laughs> And what you're doing is, I know. This podcast be so I fun know, to it's edit. a sound weird. <laughs> you should just get that beat going with me going vibes, vibes. It could be like five, that old five. Nike basketball commercial <laughs> where they got like squeaking as a rat beat. 
I mean, I expect your skills to make that happen, Michael. Let's go. I'll make it happen. So basically what he'll do is a series of about 30 of those breaths. So it gets you into fight or flight. You literally activate that. Then you hold in that air for about 30 seconds. You hold the inhale in. And when you do that, your body becomes more alkaline. Oh, that's funny. You're drinking alkaline water over there. That's a, that? that's a whole other thing. And this is like new information to me. Like I've heard people talk about this, but like it never hit me that all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this alkalinity, this pH, this is crazy, right? So it changes your pH. Then you slowly let that out. You take just a normal inhale in. Then it's how long can you hold? Mm -hmm. Okay, remember I told you a few seconds ago that you could only hold for about 20 seconds. First time I did it was like a minute and a half. And I was like, oh. Wow. But then you hear these stories about people doing this for seven or eight minutes or hopping into ice baths. Yeah. Or even these crazy people who can go lay down in snow and they can do breath work that their body gets so hot that they're literally sweating and can melt stuff around them. That is how powerful your breath is. Yeah. Right? And once again, us being kind of lazy Americans, ah, that's weird yoga. That's the people of the Himalayas. Like, I'm not trying to be enlightened, you know. I'm just, I'm just going to be healthier, take what's easy. Like, what's easier than just breathing? Nothing. Like, you, even if you just didn't, breathe. Even if you didn't exercise. So, like, during quarantine, I've told this story to a lot of people, too. I signed up for Wim, Hof, Wim Hof's two-week course. Three weeks into the course, I lowered my resting heart rate from 62, which is pretty freaking good already, to 48. Wow. All I was doing was holding my breath. This practice was taking me 20 to 30 minutes a day. I was doing it four or five times a week. That's all I was doing. I wasn't really exercising during that time. Not a lot. Lowered, improved my health that much from holding my breath. Well, it's really cool that you talked about the ice bath. So I have a good friend who lives in St. Pete and she does, she hosts ice baths at her house. And so she's up to, I think, like 20 minutes in the ice bath. And she always talks about, she goes, I literally melted the ice mm -hmm. around me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, that sounds really cool. I would love to do that mm -hmm. sometime. But she focuses while she's in there, mm -hmm. not on the cold, not on the all of the benefits of just like getting in the actual ice bath for your muscles and your recovery. But more than anything, she talks about how much focusing in on the breathing just improves her and sets the yeah. tone for the rest of her week. So she sets them up on Sundays and she's built, like I said, over time, she started at two minutes and then hit five minutes yep. and then hit 10 minutes. And then now she's up to almost 20. Well, do you, do you take cold showers at all? Is that part of your routine? Yeah. So okay. mostly because my well, hot water heater is broken, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but it's, it's something that I have no problem doing, especially like getting fresh out of the pool. I'll just go straight from the pool to getting in that cold shower, but it's just refreshing. But that's like the same thing. People go, oh my God, you're crazy. I could never do that. And I'm like, this is part of my domesticated thing. Like you are so freaking soft that you can't even thermoregulate yourself. Like that's what this is. And back to all the nervous system stuff, it gets you back to that autonomic point. You can change your chemistry in a matter of a few breaths. Right. And then now if we talk about this Wim Hof thing, he typically will do three sets. And so it was cool as, you know, I was doing like a minute and a half and all of a sudden there were two then there were two and a half. And like, and they were getting up to about three when I was cracking it consistently. But it was just amazing at like how easy it becomes. Then the cold showers, nothing. Even heat, like the way you can thermoregulate yourself. Which once again, health and being as efficient, putting as much stress on your body as possible. Right. Oxidative stress is one of the most awful things in the world, period. Think about what it does to iron, it rusts it, okay? Most cancers and things like that, and a lot of diseases come from, guess what? Ding, 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 oxidative stress. So, if you improve your breathing and can get that 
ratio of carbon dioxide and oxygen more efficient because you're breathing more through your nose, you're breathing at a less volume, so you're breathing more efficient. Now your heart and your system doesn't have to work hard. Think about the compounding benefits of just breathing, mother trucker. <laughs> well, another thing too, I have a lot of these things I did really young that I haven't even thought about until we're having this discussion. I have always loved swimming and I don't care because I love swimming so much if it's 50 degrees outside. If there's a pool available, I'm still getting yep. in it. Mm -hmm. And it's that immediate shock that your body goes yep. through when you first dive in and then it the rest of your body just kind of takes over and you're moving. I could used to be able to do at my leanest with like we're talking very very low body fat i would still go to an outdoor pool and the temperature would be about 68 outdoors it which could that's be, cold in florida by the way if you don't know that's cold that's cray cray cold but i would stand there for an hour and 10 minutes no problem and there's yep. something invigorating about that when you get out you feel invincible yep. and also your breath calms down it just ties back to it well we were talking about this a little while ago like it, it, when you're talking about the pursuit of flow Right, you, you adapt when you get just outside of your comfort zone, right? So are you adapting on purpose or are you surviving? I'm mm. always trying to adapt on purpose. So using the cold, using breath, and if you saw my swimming routine at Harbor, like I mean, all the swimmers hated me because I was so weird, right? I'm literally doing flips, like forward and backwards, and I'm seeing how many I could do to get myself weird, and I would dive to the bottom. <laughs> then I would grab a kettlebell and I would just see how long I could sit at the bottom or I'm jumping up and out. Then I'm, if it's winter, I'm gonna go jump into the cold thing and then I'm gonna come back in here. Everybody's looking at me like I'm a crazy person, but my hero Laird Hamilton does this. How can I do it? Because that was my why. It's if I'm ever out paddle boarding and something happens or you know, you're know you surfing and you get held up, like I wanna be able to survive and do those things. But then I started noticing of how good I felt or how much better my performance was or how much more energy I had or I was seeing weight loss stuff with less effort because I was breathing and my body was healthier and happier. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my big point as I keep going back here is like, dude, it's pretty easy to purposefully breathe, right? That four count breath thing, same thing Navy SEALs are taught. Oh, you're about to go invade somebody? Guess what? Hold it. Calm that stuff down. Lower your pulse so you can be automatic and instinctive and adapt. Well, this is relative to everybody. And think about even in business, when you're in stressful meetings or your boss is putting something on you. Um, yeah, thanks for stressing me out all the time, Garrett. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> but for people sitting in boardroom meetings on a regular basis or in, especially during this time, you can take a moment and you can take a deep breath and you're going to think more rationally. Instead of, like, I challenge everybody listening right now, next time somebody asks you a question, take a second, inhale, then respond. Yeah. You There's... can give yourself a moment to take a breath, mm -hmm. think about what you really want to say, be more calm and confident when you say it, and then let it out. If you ask me a question and then I just like, my rebuttal is right there. I call it buck fever, so does Dale Carnegie, and he talks yeah. about like being so overzealous to talk that you sometimes don't even know what you're saying. Yeah, you're just talking to talk. Take that deep breath and then respond. Well, and here's the thing, is I will give you a lot of credit because you literally are one of the most present human beings I've ever met, and I think that's Appreciate part of the reason that. why people like you and all of these things so much. But to bring it full circle, like what's the difference between meditation and breath? Dude, guys, really there's not. It's, it's all the same dance. 
And what we're trying to encourage people to do is realize how they can be in control of their lives, their minds, their attitudes, and their actions, that brain control in the meat suit, mm-hmm. right? And that's why the breath is so important. So one of the things that I do is I wear lots of hats, right? Trainer, dad, leader, I don't know, dancing bear, all of these things, <laughs> right? And one of my things I do is when I op- walk into a doorway, I think about like how I take a breath, and I think about how I can be present or change my role or match the energy that's in the room, or maybe I need to bring my energy to the room, right? So we're responsible for that, especially people like you and I. Like, uh, if we're not bringing it, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's very noticeable. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> but that's what I really want you guys to see: is if you started. You know, maybe it's downloading the headspace and maybe you're meditating like that. They're going to talk you through some things. They're going to help you connect your mind and your breath. That's a great place to start. Okay. Even just swimming and exercising will help you do that. Or you're like, dude, all I want to do is just do this breath stuff. Dude, Wim Hof, look up Wim Hof stuff. Look at any of these books that I've referenced. And what's cool is I've been studying this stuff over the last couple of years. And like, I'm like constantly like mind blown about like how long this stuff goes back. There's like total results. It's documented. But then our Western society, like, it's not sexy. Like, oh, forget it. You know, one of the clients this morning is like, oh, man, I got this meditating band that I put in. And if I breathe in too fast, like, it changes the music. And I'm like, oh, man, that sounds really cool. But, like, I'm trying to unconnect when I'm doing those. If that's helping you learn that skill, like, I use an app that helped me got there. But, like, Mm -hmm. that's why I'm dismissing it, just so you know. So, anyways, long story short, this stuff isn't expensive. It can change your health your mindset, your attitude, right? You walk in that door, you're changing your roles, you can't sleep at night, you're doing a big heavy deadlift, whatever it is, that breath can control your mind. And that's as simple as it needs to be. Perfect. Well, this has been the Pure Vibes Podcast. We want to leave you with that challenge. Focus on your breath. And again, just breathe. Just breathe. And I mean, once again, and and if you come to any of my classes, we're going to breathe at the end of it, right? I don't even like bend down and touch the toes or, you know, do your static stretching anymore. I'm rather would switch their thing, switch their nervous system. And people walk out of here like almost like they're on drugs. You're getting high on your own supply, man. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. That weird stuff in the pool. That's like what you're doing some of the time. So like, dude, this stuff feels pretty awesome. And I really encourage you guys to check it out. That's the name of this podcast. Get high on your own supply. We'll see if Coco approves. I like it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pure Vibes Podcast. I'm Mike Rotunda. This is Garrett McCoy. Follow him at Pure Strength and Movement on the socials. And I am at Mike Rotunda. And make sure you follow us at Pure South Tampa and click subscribe on the podcast today. Till next time, Pure Vibes. Bye.